don't trade your authenticity for approval. Don't change who you are for a job, for a person. None of that was meant for you. It was meant for you, and it's going to happen. Coming next on Broadcast Bulletin, Micah Wilson is our guest. Micah is a reporter at KFSM, the CBS affiliate in Fort Smith, Arkansas. He will discuss what it is like being a person of color in news and the struggles he faces every day. I was talking to another student of color at my school, and we were worried about just being a diversity hire. It's like, am I good? Or am I black? Which we will also discuss why working at Tegna was one of his career goals. Tegna, I just feel like they're very open, progressive, innovative. And so much more. This is Broadcast Bulletin. All right, let's get started. This is Broadcast Bulletin. I'm Jacob Brooks. Hi, guys. Welcome in again. I'm Jim Stanton. Welcome to, well, really the only show that dives deep and gets to the heart of the rapidly evolving TV news industry. Today's guest here will be someone relatively new to the crazy world of TV news. Micah Wilson's a reporter at KFSM, which is Tegna CBS affiliate in Fort Smith, Arkansas. He joined the station in March of 2021 from the University of Central Oklahoma where he was involved with campus media. He's originally from the Chisholm Creek neighborhood of Oklahoma City, or as his social media profile summarized it as, hashtag just a kid from the creek. Micah joins us now. Hey, Micah, how are you doing this afternoon? Retired. I stayed up past my bedtime, but, but we are doing well. And I love that you got my hashtag correct. Hashtag just a kid from the creek. <laughs> I'm, I'm always tired. All right, let's uh, get right to it with our first question. So can you talk about when the journalism bug hit you when you know you wanted to work in television news? So I always tell people um, I actually did not want to do TV news. I actually want to do something else than TV, which is broadcast meteorology. Um, my senior year of high school, I job shot out the chief meteorologist at the ABC affiliate and then he told me all the math and science that you had to do. And if you can ask my coworkers now, I'm not good at math. I, I, I'm okay with science. I can live with that. So I was like, you know what? I love speaking with people. Stick it to be on camera. Um, I love hearing different points of views and perspectives. So why not TV news? And, and, and it's, it gives me something new to do every day. Like I really don't sit in this office. <laughs> You attended the University of Central Oklahoma, which is in Edmond, Oklahoma, right? Yes, yes, yes. North of OKC. So what made you decide to choose that school? Well, I am a homebody. I knew with this job I would have to move. So why not stay close to home as long as I could? Um, And I honestly only applied to schools in Oklahoma. Um, I was going to go to OU. At the time when I thought I was going to do meteorology, because I mean, like, number one. Um, and then I, I really loved my campus atmosphere. We were talkative, friendly. And, you know, I needed those vibes. <laughs> so, and when did you graduate? I graduated like, like, like a little dummy. I graduated fall 2020. So I had a Zoom graduation. Um, I could have graduated in May. I don't know why I wanted to rush, but <laughs> we did. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Zoom graduate. <laughs> Talk to us about what the job application process was like. Uh, how did you land at Five News? And also, how was it like looking for a job in the middle of a pandemic? It was tough. Um, for me, I had a goal of I wanted to be top 15 market. So I applied market 115 to 50. 
Um, <laughs> and you know what? I actually had an offer, or I think two before I graduated. I remember my first one was in October, and I graduated in December. Um, but it was in a cold area, and I don't like the code, so things you had to think about. Um, so I kind of passed on that, and then it was too early. I mean, never moved away from home, stayed in the Oklahoma City area. It was too early. Um, later on, got some other offers, and then I actually accepted one in Charleston, South Carolina, 17 hours away from home. I was like, okay, beach. Um, another factor that went into my decision is just seeing faces that look like me. I was supposed to say, okay, faces that look like me, beach, perfect. I like the news director. And then I had to get it rescinded because this is important, everyone. I spent a lot. 2018, 2019, I was a speeder. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they had to take the opportunity away from me. I was supposed to start in February, the day of the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, I was a big hurt. Crushed. Um, and then later on, thanks to the help of my teacher and applying to this job, um, it, it came open. They were able to work with me and help me out. And here I am. And excited to be doing it. Um, so, so yeah, multiple factors. And I, and I do want to point out, um, I made a list in my phone in 2018 that said I wanted to do close to home. Tecna is one of my top companies. And here I am, close to home, three hours and 40 minutes away from home. Tecna on TV. <laughs> so you mentioned Tecna. Why did you want to work for them specifically? Yeah. That's the news from phones ringing. Um, Tagna, I just feel like they're very open, progressive, yeah. innovative. Um, and, and they allow you to think out the box and get away with some non-traditional things that, you know, TV news isn't used to. Kind of uh, shifting the topic now, being a man of color, what has your experience been like working in local news and covering the discussion we are we are as a society are having right now about race? Um, well, you know, you get faced with it every day. I mean, any person of color, whether in TV news or any other field or just going to school, just microaggressions are daily. Um, even if you if you speak well, it's oh, you speak well, I'm surprised. Like, yes, I'm like I can speak well, or if, if I use my slang. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a finna gonna all that. Yeah. They, they, they kind of look like hmm. Um, but I will say, I'm. I count Oklahoma and Arkansas as the South, so I'm, I'm a little used to it. But um, yeah, that, that, that's one of my, I guess, fears sometimes. Um, you know, with this job, we go door knocking and such. So you go to unfamiliar towns to door knock and ask, you know, the community what happened. So I remember telling my assistant news director one time, I said, I feel more comfortable door knocking after a shooting in this popular city than I feel um, comfortable in a rural city when I'm the only brown face. That's something you have to realize. You're one of the only brown faces you see on the daily, um, which can be kind of tough because you, you know you want that community of people who look like you. Um, and also, um, even just yesterday, was the second time I've gotten the police called on me because <laughs> I was door knocking. And, uh, but it, it's, it's definitely like tough. Like I, I, I came here to do a job. I want to do my job. This is what everyone else would do. Um, and I feel like when I do it, I always have to get verified, double check or the police called on me. And it's, it, it's, it's tough. 
So and it's draining and this job is already draining. <laughs> so have you ever faced discrimination in the industry or from viewers because of your race? Um, me, thankfully, not that I know of. <laughs> and I hope, um, yeah, I hope I never find out if I did because um, I'm not quite sure how I would react if I did. Um, however, I do know that some people, especially women, they have it bad um, where, I mean, they get calls about their, well, just women in general news from weight, the hair, makeup, the black women. I mean, if they say the wrong thing, if they look the wrong way, if their hair is natural, I mean, the, the, they get that. And even before I, if on the job hunt, I was talking to another um a student of color at my school and we were worried about just being a diversity hire um that's something else because you know it's popular to hire someone of color now and it's like am i good or am i black which so yeah that's that's something that i sometimes think about <laughs> do you ever feel that or are you worried that the public might perceive you different because you're a person of color oh yes um I don't know if you heard the same, but you have to work twice as hard to be half as good. Um, <clears throat> I feel that very true. I'm very meticulous on what I'm going to say because, I mean, my skin color can be seen as a weapon sometimes. Um, so, you know, people can get scared of that. So I have to be very, very intentional on what I say, how I say it, and still get the point across. Um, had to make sure I don't really make any faces or anything because it can be intimidating just because not really sure why, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that answered it. So do you feel that people of color or any minority really are fairly represented in local news? And do you feel that progress has been made? Um, I feel that progress has been made. However, not where it needs to be, I would say definitely for Black people like myself is definitely being made. It's being shown that it's being made. However, I think of Asian-Americans, Mexican-Americans, I feel like it's, it's lacking. Um, I mean, it's lacking for Black people too, but I feel like it's severely lacking uh, there. And I feel like, I feel like it's not like people aren't good. I feel that sometimes they're not given the opportunities or chances, but um, yeah, I, I feel like newsrooms are still trying and no one's neglecting it, I believe, but. How do you, how do you think the industry can improve on representation in local news? What's the solution? Um, I feel like you have to actively, which I can't say that they're not, but you have to actively be seeking, looking, and intentional. Um, and I feel that our newsrooms should be reflective, reflective of the community that we serve. Um, yeah, that's just point playing, period. I mean, we should reflect our community if we're the ones serving them, speaking with them every day, communicating with them every day, giving them the what to know and need to know. Just talking about being in news uh, for less than a year now. How is it? Is it what you thought it would be? And I should also add, you've only been in the industry through the pandemic. So I imagine 
that you've never really experienced what it's like being in a pre-COVID news environment or a pre-COVID news cycle. Yeah, um, I started in March of 2021, not 2020. But even when I came, we weren't allowed in the newsroom. So I remember like my first month or two, I was like, you know what? I told my parents, I was like, I only see my coworkers on TV, um, which was very strange. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it is, I, you know, I don't know what's normal and what's not. Um, like, like for me, example, I cannot imagine having to pitch a story every day that's not tied with COVID at all, because it has just been a big factor in our lives and such. Um, yeah, but I'm freshly new, still learning things, and yeah, it, it was a crazy time to start. I'll say that, and, and look for jobs, virtual interviews, no station tours. <laughs> so, was there a journalist that you looked up to growing up? Out of all the people you work with over at Five News, who would you say has influenced you the most in your career so far? Hmm, people at Five News is influenced me. I don't. I feel like different people have great, great skill sets. That I'm like, okay, I, I would like to work on this with for them. I like to work on this for them. So I'll say, skill set. Our assignment editor, who was a reporter, awesome, awesome pictures. She's on it. She knows the community. Um, I'm still several months in. I'm starting to learn it a little bit, but she has her nose on everything. Now, say another reporter, they're very quick with it. Like, they get an interview at 3.30 and they're live at 4. Me, I'm going to scream, cry, and pout, and then possibly be live at 4. I don't know. So, <laughs> uh, different things like that. And then we had a former reporter who I just thought her stand-ups and uh, in, in live presence, which is amazing, uh, which I'm still working on. So, I think... I see different people around the station like, hey, I really love what they have here and want, want to work on it for myself. So I told you I wanted to be a meteorologist. So I had a meteorologist, Rick Mitchell, who I really looked up to because I felt like he was very calm in the storm, which, you know, on the tornadoes, you have to be calm or else everyone's going to go crazy. Um, so that was someone else. And then it was the former WFAA in Dallas traffic anchor, Demetria Ovalor. And now I really like Tashara Parker, too, because... Mm -hmm. My favorite quote is don't trade your authenticity for approval. And I feel like on air, off air, they're going to be them, whether you like it or not, which I feel like that's how we should all be. Thousands of people are going to see us. So they're going to have, there's going to be thousands of opinions, thousands of opinions of you. You can't please everyone. Someone's going to have to be upset, unfortunately, but you want to make sure those that like you, love you. So your station's parent company, we had touched on this earlier, Tegna, they are super, super big on innovation. How, how does that affect your daily job? Like, are, are they constantly reminding you to innovate and be creative? Or is it just kind of like a mindset that you just have because you work there? I feel like it's a mix of both. Like, as I talk about news being more progressive and such. I feel like Tegna is someone who's leading the way as far as diversity, just thinking of different things and recognizing different cultures. Like I, sometimes we do show opens and before my live, like yesterday was Dia de los Mortos. And we even had a special little opening for that with some music, special graphics and just things like that. And it's like, 
that makes you want to like, okay, let me do a story over this. If we have something like that, I remember doing Hispanic characters, but they had to open for that. Even Halloween, they had an opening for that. So it is like, it gives you that encouragement to want to find more stories like that to represent our communities that we serve. So continuing um, on the innovation conversation, you're young, you were in college when this, you know, big innovation push in TV news started a few years ago. Do you think local TV, for the most part, I mean, obviously there's outliers, but do you think for the most part, local TV is doing what it needs to in order to stay relevant? I think, (laughs) from what I'm seeing, yes, where we're pushing towards web I know my station has advertisements on streaming, whether that be Roku or something else. We're trying to meet people where they're at. And I feel like no matter what, um, web is going to last. Like I know I'm about to go, when I go live, I know I'm about to go live in front of thousands at 6 p.m. Probably 50,000 people are going to see me. But I know that that clip is going to be put on YouTube, our website. So whenever people search so-and-so on November 2nd, they'll still see my face. Um, so, so web is is where where is that? Streaming is where is that? And I feel like that we're trying to reach and meet those people um, to where they're at. This is going to kind of be a two-pronged question. So first, uh, do you think the industry should make any changes to attract younger viewers such as yourself and are most of your viewers on the older end or would you say you have some younger people who view your station too, just based on your experience and what you've seen? Um, I would say I don't believe people my age watch. Um, even when I go out or even when I interview people my age, I remember one person was like, y'all get to go out and go to, parties and stuff or do you get like recognized i was like you know honestly when i'm not in these clothes and i'm around people our age no one notices me um they're just regular so i I honestly don't think people watch them they'll probably click on our website and they'll probably watch on youtube a clip that really truly affects them or they look on social media and they may see my face but i mean it's not going to be memorable if you're not spending every day with me um but what can we do to move forward? I, I don't get paid enough for that. Um, <laughs> I know something that we are doing, like I said, is the web and then us showing our personalities. Um, that's why I think social media is so big because people will want to watch because of you. I was in a student organization in college and I told people, people want to come to these events, not because of events, but because of you. They know who you are. They know you're going to make them laugh. They know you're going to make them smile no matter what. So I think that's another big thing is with the people on camera, giving them that and showing yourself authentic self. So then they can feel more connected with you and then hopefully watch the newscast. So how do you decompress on a day off? Do you watch or read any local news on your days off? I wish I didn't. Um, I would say you can't turn off the email notifications for like two days. So I still get our emails and then I do watch because I'm I, I do watch sometimes uh, local news like the other stations. I'm not going to lie, but um, how do I decompress? Um, don't call me. I'm not going to check my social media. Um, and I'm really just going to relax. I'm going to eat. I'm going to 
look better because how I'm looking right now is not good. Um, yeah, I guess that's really, and, and I'll talk it out with uh, family and friends. That's kind of how I'm just like, oh, and my favorite, which I have to stop, strawberry cheesecake. Uh, if they have it where you live, give it to me because <laughs> I tell people, you know, in this industry, sometimes you, you get a drink or smoke. Me, I, I don't do either. I eat strawberry cheesecake ice cream. I actually traveled to three different stores just to find it. Um, but they're no longer selling it. So, yeah, it's been tough. <laughs> I, lo- I love that for you. So what are your um, future career goals? So I have, I guess, two goals. How to get there, I'm not really sure. So I was, and my friend just told me I was not pronouncing this correct, but I've always been a fan of the ABC Hearst affiliate in Oklahoma City. Um, so, I mean, who I would love to go home. It's like I know the community like the back of my hand. I grew up there for 21 years. Um, I'm hashtag just a kid from the creek. I know the, Oklahoma, they're, they're my peoples, you know? There's so much news there. Um, so, that, so that's one goal. And then another goal is I would love to go to WFAA in Dallas because I'm like, it's close to home, large city, diverse. They're very innovative, open. And it's like, and, and it's techno. So I was like, mm-hmm. boom, boom. Uh, which path to take? Should I stay with the techno and then go to Dallas? Should I go to Oklahoma City and then try to get back in techno? I don't know. But uh, that's why we're enjoying our time in. Northwest Arkansas, the River Valley, or as I like to make fun of them sometimes on social media, Arkansas, <laughs> and enjoy my time here and learning them. Would you want to be a reporter or an anchor if you were to move? I tell people my dream would be weekend anchor reporter because reporting five days out of the week, it, it can be tough because, I mean, a lot of times you're trying to speak to people at the worst times of their lives. And I mean, that's secondhand trauma. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, going to people's homes and seeing them cry and seeing the devastation like with your own eyes. Um, and, and I feel like when you're a reporter, you get 15 seconds of fame and you have to be your story. If it's a death, I can't ever show my teeth. I think they look nice. Um, uh, <laughs> So, yeah, and I feel like with an anchor, you get to really connect with them. They see you during the good, the bad, happy, sad. You get to laugh along with them and, and such. And you're spending a, almost a full 30 minutes with them. So they're going to feel like they know you. So I, I feel like that's that's a good mix. Weekend, anchor, reporter. Uh, what advice do you have for people looking to go in the business, such as Jacob or any other journalism student right now? Um, One watch your driving record because i told you i was big hurt like hurt hurt uh that 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 child got taken away from me but i'm I'm glad where i'm at now um i would definitely say it's tough um we make it look nice um when we're on tv but it's tough i remember sometimes i don't get my scripts approved to like five minutes before showtime and having to read that make sure i'm making logical sense make sure I still have my own camera presence. And then sometimes, you know, it may be extra cold or extra hot. So make sure, you know, I look that way. Um, Also, I would say be vigilant, keep going because it's, it's a boom, boom, boom. 
uh, and it's hard. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, I, I did college media, but real world was something crucial. And I would feel like the first month, I don't even cry. And But I basically, I would say I whined to my parents like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I messed up on this. I did this. I did this. Because it, it was tough, especially like my first, yeah, my first month was horrible. I remember one time I left my whole tripod, actually twice. And one, one time when I left my tripod, I went to Oklahoma and it was like, I was there for like a month and a half. I was like, you know what? I, I can't go back to the station. It's an hour and 10 minutes away. I'm just going to have to make it do what it do. And I put my camera on a grill outside, shot my stand up and called it a day. You got to work with it. <laughs> so I, I do want to ask a follow up to the advice you have um for people looking to go into the business, do you have any advice in particular for people of color like yourself who are looking to go into the business and maybe worried about some of the things they might have to deal with? Um, yeah, I would say definitely study your community and your people at your station because sometimes, unfortunately, some of these communities don't want you. Thankfully, our Kansas, they have loved me so far. <laughs> um, and, and, and I love them back. Um, and I will also say something that I did was I, I looked, my options were either I'm going to look close to home or I'm, if I'm going too far away from home, I need some faces that look like me. Um, and I'm going to be honest, when I first got here, I was the only face. Um, and then since then, we had oh, our weekend anchor. She's black as well. So when we saw each other, she was like, whoa, I didn't see you on the station website. I said, well, I didn't know you were coming. And, you know, we, we were just excited to, like, have that cultural background, you know, um, where, mm -hmm. where we can relate. So those are my biggest things because you're going to need someone to complain with because this is how I explained it to someone. I said, I'm a male. Think of being in a house full of females. You're like, you, they're okay. You love them, but they just can't relate to you in a certain way and capacity. And when you need to decompress or talk about something, you need someone like that, that they can relate. And I had a follow up real quick, too. You mentioned your parents. Have they been supportive of you in your career? Are they like the type that will like live stream all your shows and stuff like that? <laughs> My parents are so irritating. I love them, though, with their big heads. Um, <laughs> my parents, yes. Um, I remember I've been telling them, like, with this job, I'm going to have to move back. I'm going to have to move. So whenever I got that offer 17 hours away, my mom was tight-lipped. She just wouldn't say anything because, which I respect her for that, because she knew if she did say something, it would make me feel some type of way because internally she knew she didn't want me to leave. I'm, I'm the favorite kid out of four, in my mind. Um, but no, my parents, they will live stream. Sometimes they're like, Micah, you need to slow down. Micah, your tie was crooked. Micah, did you not put anything? I saw all your bags and all the grease in your face on studio. You should have put something on your face. Uh, so no, they watch and, and I appreciate them. And I'm thankful that our station live streams, that they can even see me. They said, we don't even watch Oklahoma City News anymore. We know more about Fort Smith and Fayetteville. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So people have been listening to you. They've been watching. They love you. They want to connect with you. How can they do that? I made it simple for you. Micah. R. Wilson, M-I-C-A-H-R-W-I-L-S-O-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I will say you will get different vibes from me on each social media because I, I try to cater to who, whoever is following me. But uh, I like to smile. 
I like to showcase my work. I like to showcase our station because I want you to click on our website. You need to get paid. Um, <laughs> so so I hope <laughs> people follow and, and see me and hopefully I can make you smile. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say that we may not have asked? Um, I think I already said this, but I just want to hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> my favorite quote ever, which is actually just a tweet. Don't trade your authenticity for approval. Don't change who you are for a job, for a person. None of that was meant for you. It was meant for you, and it's going to happen. Uh, stay that mindset, and I always tweet every day. New day, new blessings. Reminder for myself. Reminder for everyone else. New day, new opportunity. Tomorrow is gone. It's past. Clean slate. All right. Thank you, Micah, for being here, and thank you for... Uh, thank you guys for listening or watching the broadcast bulletin. We'll see you next time. Bye. Next week's broadcast bulletin brings former Duluth, Minnesota sports anchor Corey Kaiser to the show. Corey knew she wanted to work as a sports broadcaster from a young age. She's going to tell us why she decided to attend Arizona State for college. It was like this halo that just came over Sun Devil Stadium. I was like, oh, this is the football mecca. Her opinions working in a duopoly. They didn't see us as unequal in a sense. We were two different stations. Granted, we are. But you have reporters working for both stations. So, like, what's the difference? How this California girl adapted to working in snowy Minnesota. If it was negative 40 degrees outside with wind chill, I was wearing two layers of socks. I had hand warmers in my shoes and my gloves and my pockets. I wore two beanies. And so much more. That's on next week's Broadcast Bulletin. The views and opinions expressed by the guests in this episode of Broadcast Bulletin are solely theirs. They do not reflect those of their past or present employers, nor those of Broadcast Bulletin or its hosts in any way.